0: Welcome to Leadership Talk, the official Waymaker podcast, where we explore how your organization can achieve more by doing less. Well, welcome to Leadership Talk, the official Waymaker podcast. I'm your host, Craig Hyman, and with me today, as always, is founder and CEO of Waymaker, Stu Leo. First, I'll say hi to you. How are you, Stu? I'm great. Good, Stu. Today, we actually have the honor of talking to Ari Gelper. Now, Ari is the founder and CEO of Unlock the Game and the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. Ari, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so great to have you uh, with us, Stu, I'm going to handball to you to kickstart this conversation.
1: Ari, a huge thanks from the Waymaker team for joining us. I've been reading your content and listening to you for a little while, so I feel like I'm going to ask some uh, some fanboy questions. <laughs> I'm also going to ask some useful questions that might help our listeners and leaders sell better. But Ari, before we kick off into too much detail, you are the number one authority on trust-based selling. Tell us how you got there.
2: <laughs> well, it's a 20-year journey. Uh, I've been in this niche for a long, long time and been only working on this for 20 years and nothing else.
1: <laughs> a, a classic overnight success.
2: Right, exactly. Uh, and really focusing on one central problem, which is how do you deconstruct and reconstruct the sales process so it does not contain any more chasing, follow-up, dehumanization, or rejection.
1: That, that sounds like Nirvana.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what a lot of my clients experience when they under, when they are able to sell without resistance, without convincing, without free consulting, and giving away the store and getting a lot of, let me think about it, sounds great, mm-hmm. call me next week. And that mm-hmm. that was the problem that I was committed to solving, and we've now solved it uh, to the point now where we're launching a new book next year called The One Call Sale, where we've been able to compress the sales cycle multiple steps now into one single conversation with a qualified buyer. So lots of exciting things have been happening in our laboratory over here.
1: That's very exciting. Um, We'll make sure we punch a link through to a pre-registration or or something for listeners so that they they can get a hold of that. What was it that (laughs) jolted you into this idea of trust-based selling?
2: Sure. So there's a story behind this. It happened to me early days, and that's when I used to be a sales manager in a software company, and I was managing 18 salespeople at the time, and we launched the first online website data collection tools for websites. Now it's called Google Analytics, and I'm sure you've heard of that before. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) But back then, it was actually the first one out the door with that product. It cost money, and we were offering that product to the market, and the big opportunities came across my desk, the the big leads. This one contact called us through our website. I got the phone call with a huge company, big opportunity, uh, and he agreed to a conference call and a demo of our product that following, week, that following week, and look, it was such a big opportunity, if I close this one sale, it would double the revenue of the company in one transaction, that's how big it was, it was a big global business, so uh, the day finally came, Friday at 4 o'clock the afternoon, I was in the conference room with my director, and I closed the door behind me, big long conference table. In the middle of the table is an old school speakerphone. You know, remember the Star Trek 3 legs or black speakerphones? And um, I dialed the dial down, I dialed the phone number. My contact picks up the phone. He says, "Hey Ari, how's it going?" And he says to me, "Ari, let us tell you who's in the room with us today." And I was like, "Oh, do you realize be someone else there?" Next thing I hear is, "My name's Nick. I'm CEO of the company." I was like, "Oh wow, this is good." My name's Chris. I'm head of global IT. This is even better. Mm-hmm. My name is Julian. I'm head of marketing. This is amazing. I mean, everybody in this room, on this call, was a decision maker. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen today. They're all there, right? This is game on. Correct. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. So I, I described what we do, introduced myself, then I gave them a live demo over the web of our product being collected on their websites ahead of time. I showed all the live data and uh, we're logging in they're seeing this and i'm hearing this noise on the phone call like wow this is great this is amazing i can't be-. they start asking me all kinds of questions how does it work how do we install it what's technology who are our clients how long i've been around i mean every question you can imagine of course i had all the answers i was competent there was so much chemistry on this phone call it was like a love fest on the phone you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I do, I do. I feel like I've made this call too many times.
2: <laughs> yeah, they got the questions, you got the answers, you're saying to yourself, oh, this is perfect. And so I'm just doing my thing. I was right all the books of sales, I listened to CDs in my car back then with the seminars. I, I was a student and I was doing everything I was taught to do, build relationships, build a rapport, uh, answering objections. And the an hour goes by, they're loving it, and the call comes to a close, and my contact says to me, Ari, this is great, we love it. Look, give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, oh, thank you, God. I was like, wow, what an amazing ending. So I said my goodbyes, and I took my hand, and I reached for the speakerphone in the middle of the table, as I'm reaching for the off button on the phone by complete accident. Now it's a divine intervention. My thumb hit the mute button, instead of the off button. They were right next to each other, and a small click happened, and they thought I hung up the phone.
1: That's a good trick. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not your sales advice, is it?
2: No, no, and and that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side, be a fly fly in the wall, go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. So I pulled my thumb back for a couple seconds, they started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, this is not a trick question, but what would you imagine or expect them to say after a call like that?
1: Well, I mean, I would imagine they'd be talking about you, the person, you know, do we like that guy? Do we like this product? How, you know, they'd be talking about how they're going to go forward and buy, and, and which would be really interesting.
2: That's what I expected as well. But let me share with you what I heard verbatim, word for word. That's why we're all here today. What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Oh. I had a heart twist. I was in a state of shock. Shut down. Oh, I hit the off button and I looked at the wall I said to myself, what did I do wrong? Hmm. I was <laughs> professional. I was competent. I knew my product. I was not aggressive. I did everything I was trained and taught to do by the sales gurus. Yep. And the first big epiphany hit me. You can tell me if you agree with me this or not, that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to mm. people who sell.
1: That's so sad. It's so frustrating.
2: It's okay to say things like, sounds good, send me information. We're definitely interested. Wait, wait, wait. Send me a what? Proposal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good.
2: Without the words- any intention of buying. So, were you in the room with anybody else no just myself and my director and he was also did a shock and and then i had a realization and i realized that moment that there is an invisible river of pressure that flows underneath every sales conversation you have with somebody pre-sale now you can't see it and they can't see it but they can feel it and if you are consciously aware of that pressure and removing the pressure out of the conversation all the time then you'll never get to the point where you can create what i call a bubble of vulnerability where they feel comfortable Telling you the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's where I created my whole Unlock the Game mindset shift concept 20 years ago, where you let go of the goal of the sale, and you focus only on deep, authentic trust building to get to the truth, then you can see if you're fit or not. That became the whole premise behind our system.
1: So, Ari, one of the questions I'm sure our listeners have... How do you get across your product messages, your brand messages, but also the vulnerability to create this trust?
2: You don't. You don't <laughs> get your product information across. <laughs> you don't get your brand across. Yes. You don't. It's not about you. It's not about what you have. About, it's nothing to do with what you have to do to build trust. The way you build yeah. trust with someone is you focus in on the problems that yeah. your solution solves for them you start in their world you get them to own the problem you get them to accept the problem and commit to the problem you don't they don't really care about how you solve it Mm -hmm. all they care about is if you're the one to solve it or not so the whole time they're not asking themselves oh i want to learn about their product no what they're asking themselves is do i trust him do i trust Mm -hmm. him do this is an issue of trust not an issue of your product being better than someone else's. And that's what people don't realize. that We are now living in an age of commoditization. Where every solution appears to look like the same from the outside world. They can't, they're, not, they're not qualified to discern your product being better than someone else's. So they see it as all the same. So how are you going to win this new economy? You differentiate not by your product. You differentiate by your approach.
0: Mm-hmm. I've got a question for you. Sorry, so Stuart, I'm, I'm going to butt in. Um, when do you, firstly, when do you think that change happened in the market? Um, like, was there a defining point where you see that happening? And the second one is, is this kind of like reactionary to the straight line sales method? Is it?
2: Well, is I it think kind of the antithesis yeah, to it. <laughs> I think there's been a brewing revolt against traditional selling for a long, long time. Yeah, people have been burnt rejected, taken advantage of for years. And they know at hello when you're in that game. When you call someone and say, hi, my name is, I'm with, I'm with a, it's over at hello. They know it right away. So in the last three or four years though, with the internet, what's happened is it's commoditized every product to look like basically a website. And now no longer can the market discern what's right or wrong for them because it all appears to be the same. Insurance, insurance, financial advice, whatever your software, software, they aren't experts. They aren't qualified to determine whether what's right for them or not based upon product knowledge, which is so contrarian because we're taught that we're supposed to educate our market and our clients on our product. But let me tell you right now, the last thing your ideal client wants is education. Mm -hmm. Information? Yeah, give me more... That's the last thing people want, is more information. Are you kidding me? We're in an age of unlimited information. What they want is someone they can trust to solve their problem. It's like a doctor-patient relationship, right? You go to a doctor, they say, where does it hurt? And the focus is on the problem, not what's in the medicine bottle and prescription. So, Ari, I love this
1: idea of, Blowing up traditional sales processes and sales methodologies. Um, how do you teach younger people who maybe have come through, or, or even older people now running a business that have come through that traditional model, how do you teach them to build trust so quickly?
2: Well, first they have to be open, open-minded to willing to accept the truth that their sales challenge is not their product or their market, it's themselves. Think about it, their clients have a problem, they have the solution, straight line of sight. Mm-hmm. What's in the middle of that? Us, we fumble the ball with our sales process. And that, And so the way they shift is by first cleaning out their mental hard drive and the conditioning of what they believe selling is redefining. And I'll give you a couple myths right now to do that. The mm-hmm. first myth, and you, I know you know this one, is that the sales is a numbers game. I'm sure you heard that before over the, your career. All the time. Of <laughs> course. It's from the 1980s, and that came from the idea that the more contacts you make, the more sales you're supposed to make. Well, we discovered in this economy now, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, not how good you are at how many phone calls you make. The second myth is the idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. I'm sure you've been there before where you had a deal pending. It looked really good. All, Everything box was ticked at the end. It just kind of like, Fell through, like what happened? Like they were perfect for us. Mm-hmm. And what we discovered in this economy now, the sales not lost anymore at the end of the process, it's now lost at the beginning. At hello, it's like I said, if someone calls you on the phone tomorrow morning, you hear hi, my name is, I'm with, what goes through your mind in about three seconds?
1: Uh, like, I do, do not want to talk something. to this person.
2: It's over at hello. And I'm not suggesting that your people listening here are doing outbound calls, maybe they are, but if they're not. They're, I'll make the case today, they're losing their opportunities, not at the end of the process, they're losing it where? At the start. At, hello.
1: <laughs> so if, if I'm a business owner, and I want to really reinvigorate my sales process, where would you suggest we start?
2: To invigorate the sales process, you said? Co- correct. To do an inventory of the three to five core problems that you help your ideal client solve. And be very clear on that. unpack it and have a brainstorming discussion with your team about this to make sure you know all the intricacies about the problems are that you solve for your your market. Then you you're, you're, you enter the sales conversation talking about the problems, not the solution because you want the, your market and your clients to prospects to acknowledge the problem, then peel the problem back and amplify it. To the point where you can ROI the impact of not solving it and ask them this question. And here's the profound question you want to ask. Is this a priority for you to solve once and for all? Mm -hmm. Or is it something you happen to live with unresolved and I'm okay either way?
1: Mm -hmm. That is a powerful question.
0: Can I, um, I made the observation just um, as as I've consumed your content, Ari, is um, it's a very similar approach to like Chris Voss's approach to hostage negotiation, like this um, putting the onus back on the person that you're talking to, to actually help you solve the problem rather than you coming in with the solution all the time. Is that a conscious thing, or is that just coincidental?
2: Maybe it's coincidental, but uh, there's some differences in how you go about doing it from the FBI yep. point of view, from my <laughs> point of view. But, but the, the, the overall concept is that you want it to... It's like a therapist and a patient. If the patient doesn't own the problem, acknowledge it, they're the worst patients to ever have. Because mm, yeah. you got to drag them through the process and chase them. That, that's why you want to make sure in the beginning of the process... That you, they acknowledge the depths of the problem. They're vulnerable enough to admit to you that it's real, and it's hard because when you meet someone new or have a first call with somebody or a scheduled LinkedIn meeting with someone for the first time, they don't want to be vulnerable with you and share with you the truth of their problem. They just want to like give you a few breadcrumbs for you to chew on and be excited about it, and then hopefully build a relationship with them and hopefully all goes well. Well, good luck with that one because you get a lot of "I'll think about it."
1: Mm-hmm. Ari, you've talked and written a lot about what you've learned from your son. And there are some human skills that we need to build around trust and authenticity and building relationships. Can you talk about that a little bit for our listeners and give us the insights to bring that authenticity and empathy, empathy sorry,
2: into our relationships? Sure. So when my son Toby was born about uh, 18 years ago, after, the day after he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first, we weren't sure what that meant to our lives. Then we realized mm-hmm. we had a gift on our hands. If you know anybody who has down syndrome, you know the special gifts they have. Yeah, you know yeah, they're loving, coming. they're transparent, they have no hidden agenda. They're just full of love. Mm-hmm. And he impacted me so much. I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby, how to center, center in your personal business life. And every page is a lesson, I learned from him over 365 days for, for the whole year. A lot of my clients have it next to their bedside. And basically, what I learned from him is that he, he's the role model. We have to become like him. Where he doesn't have any hidden agenda, he is not, He's not—he's fully present with you. You feel that. See, in sales, we're not. Our minds are always trying to qualify and go to a next step in the back of our brain. Oh, he's. Oh, how many you want to buy? Oh, great. If I just get to a next step. Oh my God, this is great. See, we're already over here, and they're over here. And I, and, and the way you make this shift, and I learned from him, is you got to be present with the other person in your sales process, hundred percent in their world. And I tell my clients, you have to fall out of love with your solution and fall in love with your client's problems. Because mm-hmm. you'll be able to enter their world and stay in there as long as you can if they ask you for help.
1: What was it that um, practically you were able to take from that into a sales call?
2: Well, it's helped me, and now I teach this, to f- be, have the courage and the boldness To tell prospects in the sales process the truth of their situation, Mm -hmm. whether they want to hear it or not. Because see, Mm -hmm. in sales, we're taught to play the game. See, we think our job is to build a relationship with someone in the sales process. First, and I tell my clients, stop building relationships with people in your sales process. You build them post-sale, not pre-sale. They don't want to become your friend They know it's fake anyways. That's like 1980s. Oh, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Hey, mate. So what do you do? That's like, oh, my God. They know right away what's going on. It's fake, and they know it. So that's why we strip out the relationship building. Now, we still have bedside manner. We still have warmth (laughs) and empathy like like a doctor. But we focus on X-raying the problem right away and that's all they want. They want a spotlight on their own problem. They want someone to peel the problem back to help them understand the impact of it. They don't want to become your friend so quickly. It's awkward anyways. Only once they become a client, you build a relationship with them, which I know is very contrary. I know it drops a bomb on the whole thinking around sales and relationship building. and Everyone's like, oh, build a relationship first. I'm like, no. I think that's why
1: we like it, because we're, as you've probably worked out, We're not born salespeople. Uh, We've grown up in business or in work and we've had to learn those skills and you look to other leaders and you listen and you try and practice those things. But in reality, you're sometimes picking up really bad habits. So how would you suggest business owners or leaders unlearn some of those things?
2: Well, the first big idea here is to stop Giving value. Whoa. Stop doing free consulting. Stop giving information. Replace giving value with providing clarity. Providing clarity on their problem. That's what they really want. You know when you go to a doctor and you see your shoulder hurts. He says, let me take a look. You go, oh, wow. oh, You need an x-ray. We need a little x-ray on that. You get the x-ray and it explains to you. See that little spot right there? That's what's going on. And you go, oh, now I understand what the problem is. There's a sense of relief when you find somebody who understands your problem in a deep way. It's like, it re- it's like vibration resonance. Like you, you say to yourself, he just gets me. He, and the, there's more relief from knowing what the problem is than solving it. But what do we do in Sales. I can help you with that. Absolutely. Wait till you see what I got. We got demos. We got insurance. We got... See, we can't wait to qualify somebody and immediately start doing what? Pitching. Educate. Mm. I'm going to give you lots of value. Lots of value today. And I hope that all that value, really, you enjoy that. And then hopefully, we'll go from there. How's that sound? Oh, my God. No. Stop talking. That's what happens. I have my class record their phone calls or sales calls for our our, and they play those calls and I stop the tape and I'm like, what are you doing? Stop talking. Stop trying to build a relationship. Stop trying to move it forward. Stop working so hard. you got to shift your thinking here to really x-ray the problem and know how to go down what I call go down the iceberg with somebody. Because they'll start with the top of the and just give you enough artificial little things to get you interested. Then you got to peel the onion back to the bottom of the iceberg, make sure they want they want your help or not. You can't go forward, go down.
0: Ari, is that true of the marketing uh, of a product as well as the sales process, or do you see those two as two,
2: two same? You ends? have to. If you want to market your solution, you market it around the problems, not the future benefits. See future selling is dead mm. if you got my software it'll change your life it'll be so much more efficient you'll save so much more money see we're so conditioned from the old sales gurus to sell the future sell, sell the benefits the problem is in this day and age now people can't think past tomorrow <laughs> they can't think past the next 10 minutes we're, we're so fried with all that's going on in the world right now and here we are trying to sell the benefits I'm like no don't sell the future. Focus on the problems they have now. In, ROI the problems. So the cost to solve it is less than it almost cost them not to solve it. And ask if they want to solve it or not. It's pretty simple. And
1: would you say that the changes through COVID and the pandemic have only enhanced that? Or have you seen a, a, a shift due to
2: COVID out there in the marketplace? Well, I think it's 10x the sensitivity In the market now to anybody who's promoting themselves who's selling with any kind of sales techniques at all or online who's using the same approach through different mediums like like look at linkedin right now look at your inbox you get a lot of hey would you like a free consultation i got a free report for you over here no wait a second i got a survey you should probably take too they're using the same old school approach in a new medium no one's changed anything yet
1: I'm feeling guilty as charged all, all over this call.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you one more thing. I'm going to ask all your viewers right now to take a, a verbal oath with me, an oath, to remove one key phrase forever from your vocabulary and never, ever use it again. Okay, what is it? This might hurt just a bit if you've been in sales for a long time, but here it is. I'm going to ask you all to never again use the phrase follow-up ever again for the rest of your life in business. Okay, What's the only industry that uses the word follow up? Sales. Sales. Hi, I'm giving you a call a follow up to move things where forward towards a sale. And I'm sure if I had them all raise their hand right now, I'm watching the, and I'd ask you, how many of you in the last few weeks have said, called someone and said that I'm kind of follow up follow-up or emailed someone? Hi, I'm writing a follow up. What are they thinking? The other person's going, Oh no, they're chasing me. Hmm. So what you say instead is this: you say. I'm giving you a ring, giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback on our last meeting, any feedback on our last email. See, feedback's going where? Away from the sale, not towards the sale. See, you've got to reverse direction on your process, on your mindset, away from your goal Towards their goal and stay in that path as long as you can because if you jump out too early, you've lost them.
1: That actually really surprised me, right then, Ari, when you said the one thing you need to say is feedback. Because naturally, that I go that does take me away from the the sale or or even you know looking for that close moment where they can commit. So how do you go from okay, give me feedback? To let's actually now take action and solve the problem.
2: Well, you, you get the the purpose of the word feedback is to elicit the truth, mm. the truth of whether there's a fit between you and them or not. And you know that by them opening up to you and telling you where they stand. If they open up to you and they express the issue, it's serious. And they want to solve it. Then they're going to say to you, "How can you help me?" But you That's are not allowed, allowed to jump in prematurely and offer a path to a solution until you hear the magic words, which are, how do you work or how can you help me? Because mm. see, that's, that's the hardest thing for us to do because we, to, we don't want to hold back. We love what we do. We're so passionate. The moment we find someone that's a fit, we can't wait to what? We can't wait to mm. tell them that's about it. it. Do you
0: find that uh, the Australian market is different uh, culturally?
2: The way that they respond to sales than any other part of the world. I think it's the same. I've been doing both sides of the of the of the pond for a long, long time now, and people here, uh, our clients that are over there, everyone hates being sold to, and they hate having to sell. Mm. No difference.
1: We, we've got listeners, uh, I guess, across Asia, pack, um, UK, Ireland, North America, um, and spattering across Asia. Um, do you have any recommendations f- in a post-COVID world on the best way to maximize the next actions in sales? What do you mean? I mean, where should people go right now to, to restart their business, to get back the momentum and get things flowing again?
2: They have to shift their own thinking first. And they, and there's no action to take until they're first open to being willing to accept the fact their conditioning from their past experience of selling is the problem. They are the problem. Don't take any action until you flip the switch on what you should be doing in terms of repurposing your approach to the market away from your solution to focusing on their problem and having a language path and a roadmap for that process.
1: That's great advice. I know we're running short of time, so I want to give a huge thanks. I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot. I've been challenged um, and I'm feeling somewhat conscious about going to the whiteboard now and writing up a whole bunch of things I'm going to change about my sales process. (laughs) Um, Ari, I want to thank you. Do you have any last recommendations or suggestions on where people can get more content from you uh, to help them
2: well first i'm very accessible come to linkedin introduce yourself connect with me let us know that you heard us here uh if you want to actually take a step forward you that we have a free intro course at UnlockTheGame.com. you can grab a course a free course the intro course there and also I, I host a show once a month called stump the guru
1: yeah i love that if you have not got onto that show, uh, get onto Stump the Guru and, and try and Stump Ari.
2: That's through LinkedIn. You can just jump in and um, you can just ask me any question you want and give me your toughest challenge. I've heard many over the last 20 years. That's awesome. um, I,
1: have, I have one last question. What for you has been when a sales call has gone horribly wrong?
2: Great question. And it happened to me. It's the, it slipped through my, my, my radar system one recently. And I just keep okay, kicking, I that. keep kicking myself for this, because I know okay. what my my rules should be. <laughs> uh, someone came to our website, filled out the contact us form, and so we're looking to bring someone in right away to train our whole global sales team. We're deciding on Tuesday, and uh, we're making a decision quickly. We want us to talk to Ari as fast as possible. Now, pre what I know now, you know that would my alarm would go off right away because. There, I I, I I I debated whether to take the call or not, and I've got a process for high-range phone calls, but I took the call right away, which I shouldn't have done, and I got in the call with them, and they put the whole ball in my court, wanted me to pitch to them as to why they should choose me over someone else, which is so counter to everything <laughs> that I do, and I slapped myself, and I just we disengaged nicely. short amount of time because i started asking them questions but they didn't want to answer and i knew right away this is going to be bad quick Mm. so i recommend they go see someone else and i learned from my and I, i remind myself again never engage with someone who's not open to talking about their problem first that's so good Ari. your website
0: unlock the game com yes is that right correct jump on linkedin anywhere else people can connect with me you. on
2: linkedin say hello we can we can connect there i'll give you some resources if you like from that point but i think it's the best place to get a hold of me unlock the, unlock the game.com or linkedin yeah
0: thank you so much Stu. where can people find us of course uh visit waymaker.io
1: and uh you can download resources listen to this podcast uh subscribe to us on all your favorite channels and uh tell your friends
0: all about ari all right, thanks for joining us, I We appreciate it. Thank man. you so much.